The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link, alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. James, you just completed another overhaul of your top 400. Going to be going over the top risers, uh, some fallers, some new additions to the top 400. Um, First, I I talked two weeks ago. We were off last week. Hope everybody enjoyed their break, by the way. About a trade involving Mackenzie Gore that I had in the works in Rotowire Dynasty Invitational. Just want to go over that a little bit because I did manage to complete the trade. I sent a Mackenzie Gore, DL Hall, Luke Weaver, Nico Horner, and my first round pick next year for Matt Chapman and DJ LeMayhew. Talking with you earlier, I think you got a sense that I got a I got a sense from you that I, you think I got a pretty good deal. Is that the case? Yeah, and it's almost 100% to do with how much I like Matt Chapman in a dynasty league. He's great. I think he's just an absolute stud, and you can 
plan on him being your starting third baseman for the next like eight years. And I think that that's just an incredibly valuable piece to have. Obviously, you know, the, the prospects you gave up specifically Mackenzie Gore, very, very high ceiling, but you know, trading multiple pitching prospects and a hitter who's at double a, who's a, a good prospect, an easy top 100 prospect like Nico Horner, but not like a top 20 prospect. I mean, I, I do that all day long for, for a hitter like Chapman. You're, you're getting him. I mean, his prime probably started this year. I mean, you're getting him for another like four or five prime seasons. I mean, that's just, uh, you can't really put a price on that when it just comes down to uh, prospects for big league talent. Yeah. He uh, had a big game last night, paying some immediate returns, Matt Chapman. I remember talking with you. I sent out an offer in that same league for Chris Bryan a while ago, and it was Gore and Horner uh, for for Bryan, and that didn't even get a response from the owner. But you say, uh, you know, you kind of suggested that that wasn't that far off. So I didn't think it was a huge gap, but uh, I do think I, I made out pretty well. It's just part of trading league. It seems like even you know if, if you're kind of out of the mix and not part of the individual trade it seems like no matter what there's always going to be someone who's not really thrilled with with trades going on in dynasty league yeah i mean i think that there's certain sort of caliber leagues where uh you see much fewer uh lopsided trades go down and i think that rdi has been that way for for most of this season i think i haven't i can't really recall too many uh, extremely lopsided trades i uh co-own a team in a dynasty league where uh you know saris and i have cody bellinger and in the span of like 90 minutes yesterday we got two trade offers uh from two different owners that were just immediate declines uh on cody bellinger and I updated our block just saying, like, stop with these junk offers for Bellinger. <laughs> and then now people have, like, upped their offers, but it's still, you know, I just – it's not really fun to trade Cody Bellinger in, yeah. in any kind of a dynasty league right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're you're going to get a ton of horrible offers if you play in a dynasty league. You can't uh, be offended by that. You just have to – have the patience to just continue to decline all the terrible offers and not not let it get in your head yeah that's true and you gotta live with it if somebody gets a deal that you think they made out pretty well in um i've had to bite my tongue a few times here and there i got a sense through some sub tweets that maybe some people didn't you know, thought that i was maybe getting the better end of this the deal by a, a wide margin but hey got the deal done so kiss my ass um <laughs> Moving on, James, to your top 400 update, risers and fallers, really an overhaul of the the top 400 from top to bottom, right? Yeah. I mean, I had, the you know, I mean, it, it's always sort of an evolving list, obviously. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, this one, before I hit publish on it, I had gone uh, top to bottom and then obviously pulled in another, I don't know, like 50 guys that were not on it uh, on the previous version. So uh, full mid-season update. And I apologize. I know I know that uh, some other places pushed out their mid-season updates uh, before me, uh, but you'll have to forgive me on that. I took a couple mini vacations around 4th of July and the All-Star break and 
obviously it's a, a lot more time consuming to put out a a top 400 than a, a top 100 or top 200 so um. yeah how dare you live your life shane <laughs> no you do more updates you keep this thing fresher than any list out there so certainly no need to apologize but let's dive into your latest update and talk about some risers nate Lowe, the first name in, on the list because you have an article accompanying the update um noting individually the risers followers and additions and Nate Lowe, we've seen him come back, and it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. They're going to work him in a third. Seems like that playing time is going to be made available at the expense of others. Yeah, and with with hitters like Lowe, uh, guys of his profile, where you know it's an older sort of low pedigree first baseman only type of a hitter. Even if you're pretty confident, and this is kind of the same way I was with Reese Hoskins, where I was. I, was, I felt pretty good about him being a, a really high-quality, everyday first baseman, but you never really know until you get to see the guy uh, against big league pitching over a, you know, a, a meaningful sample, you know, more than just 20 plate appearances. And uh, he's kind of confirmed to me that he's going to be a, one of the better uh, fantasy first basemen in the league for, for a while. Uh, he, he's... I think he's 24 now, um, so it obviously doesn't have quite the the length of of a prime of of maybe you know these guys that are breaking in when they're 20 years old. But I still think you're going to get a you know nice six seven year window of really quality production, and his value is even greater if you play in OBP or points leagues. I mean, I think he's just going to be an on base machine. Uh, love the way that he's just using the whole field already. Uh, just has that really easy uh, opposite field power, and it's uh, it's exciting to watch him cu- kind of come into his own for the Rays. Yeah, I'm excited too. I know he was out there, picked up and dropped earlier in the season in a lot of leagues. Uh, people were able to sneak him through, I saw, in some 12s for, for dirt cheap, so hopefully that pays off. Seth Beer next on the list. I know you were you know, just we should, concerned. We should probably say like uh, – Nate Lowe up to fifth overall. Oh, um, wow, really? Okay. Right behind uh, Bo Bichette and sandwiched in between Bo Bichette and Keston Hira. Wow. That's pretty crazy. I mean, he if Jordan Alvarez, he, he doesn't still qualify, does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, he's, he does. He's number two. He's number two, okay. Uh, it's got to be getting pretty close, I'd imagine, uh, to him graduating. But, uh, yeah, hopefully Lowe, you know, Stays in the field and puts together a good second half. Seth Beer, though, I know you had some defensive concerns with him. Is that still the main concern? Or are you thinking, no matter what the you know the, the team, the Astros will make room for him, even if it's at DH right away when he breaks in? I think it's definitely a concern because they already have a guy with all those concerns in Jordan Alvarez, mm-hmm. and so I mean they've got a guy in Kyle Tucker who just can't break in to save his life and he can play all three outfield spots so uh it's it's absolutely the far and away the number one concern with beer is just you know when do we see him break in i mean we saw like even a guy like i have said this ever since seth beer was drafted but like ask any willie calhoun owner in a dynasty league what that ride's been like i mean he he just keeps getting squeezed because you know, he goes, hey, got to make room for hundred pence. Well, hey, you know what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, but it it's just much more frustrating. It can be at least at times to own a prospect or a player who just can't get 
into the field if it's not at DH or, you know, with Seth Beer, I don't even know if they would trust him in, in the outfield or, or at first base. I think it is kind of a a DH only profile and, and the Astros are not really shy about going after guys like this. I mean, they do this every year in the draft. They draft guys that are bat first, uh, by, by a pretty big margin. And they just sort of hope that they're able to, uh, sort of coach them into adding a little defensive versatility. Uh, they let AJ Reed go basically because he just was not working out at any other position besides first base. And obviously was passed by guys like Jordan Alvarez and, uh, blocked by guys like Yuli Gurriel and Tyler White. Uh, but Seth Beer's offensive upside, I think, is such that even with all those concerns, you just kind of cross your fingers and hope it works out. Yeah, really good uh, year for Seth Beer down at Double A. Corpus Christi, 314, 418, 543 with 12 homers. Imagine he probably moves up pretty soon. He's up to uh, 61, by the way, on top 400. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe maybe moves up uh to triple a and sometime in august very nice right behind abraham toro in that same system i think that's uh interesting would you rather out of those two guys because i think uh beer obviously i think he has a a higher offensive ceiling but i've been really impressed with what toro's done this year and uh he's got a little bit more defensive versatility no, I think you may be the biggest Luis Arias fanboy in the world. I saw you like the tweet about him drawing a walk. <laughs> Real exciting uh, appearance. No, he came in what is like a in mid at bat replacement O two down O two and then drew a walk. Well, I want to. nice. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you nice see. <laughs> you saw you saw that walk. I mean, tell me tell me that walk didn't get you excited. Liked by James Anderson. Liked. <laughs> Get well, this out of my feet. I look. I don't want to. Uh, I want to give a shout out to at not that Tony on Twitter, who basically forced me to watch this at bat. Like <laughs> he was like, "Have you seen this at bat?" And I was like, eh, "I, I don't. I think I just liked the tweet." And he's like, "I found it. Now you have to watch it." And uh, <laughs> shouts to Tony for making me watch that at bat, and then shouts to me for for liking that tweet and making Clay watch that. <laughs> hey, what an eye! That's what all I gotta say. What an eye! But no, Luis Arias. There is some sneaky upside here, isn't there? I mean, I just don't Long think – I don't know how with, – with him, it's just like where do you feel comfortable ranking him on the low end knowing just how elite his contact ability is and how um, just advanced his, his eye at the plate is. I mean, he's – I just – he's never going to hit for a low average. I just don't see – how it could happen <laughs> and yes he's obviously limited uh in terms of speed he's not going to be an asset and stolen bases but you know compare him to a guy like nick madrigal in the white Sox system i mean they're both 22 arias has just had nothing but success against major league pitching and nick madrigal still at at double a uh, I would take Nick Madrigal over a rise. I've been ranked one spot ahead, 68 and 69, respectively. But uh, that's really only because of Madrigal's speed. I think that the hit tool, at at worst, is the same. I mean, I think Arias is just so advanced. I mean, he, he could be one of those guys that just hits, you know, 315, 320, and that's the main source of his value. But I also think that eventually he's going to, a 15 homer guy in the big leagues i just think the bat to ball skills i mean he's not a he's not a tiny guy uh 
rarely do we see guys that are that size and have that type of uh, bat to ball ability fail to be double digit homer guys, especially in this environment. So, um, Arise is appealing for for that skill set, and he's also appealing because I think he's going to be their everyday second baseman next year. So, I think that that's a big part of the the draw as well. Yeah, that proximity, knowing you're able to squeeze something out of him, well, right now, but also next year more so. Uh, certainly. Oh, I just saw this Matt Chapman out of the game. Ooh. Curse myself. <laughs> no uh, way. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Gallegos. Galagos. Ah, oh, hopefully that doesn't. Uh, it's nothing serious for Chapman. A uh, real quick note though before we move on, a, a word from our friends over at Superdraft. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. Experience Superdraft's exclusive game mode, Multiplier. Say goodbye to salary restrictions and hello to lineup freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your very own dream team. Countless lineup possibilities let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want. Superdraft offers contests for NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and PGA so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round. Sign up for Superdraft today using promo code ROTOWIRE and claim your free $5 in super cash and a free $3 entry with your first deposit. Download in the App Store or play at superdraft.io. Superdraft, no limits, more winning. James, next up, Trent Grisham. He was involved in a collision in the outfield pretty recently. He suffered a forehead laceration, but no concussion. Return went 0 for 5, but ever since that 0 for 5, he's been just on a tear um, at AAA. So uh, I know you're a Brewers fan. Um, Trent Grisham getting somewhat close. How excited are you about him? I'm really just shocked. I'm, I'm surprised at what he's done this year. I mean, he was a guy who had just been treading water at best in the the lower levels for a few years after you know he was a guy that i was high on in that draft when they when they took him uh 15th overall in 2015 i thought that there was a lot to like there five category potential but uh, it took uh until this year for him to kind of get going and um you know he he started adjusting his swing a little bit uh you know, fewer ground balls and was hitting the ball uh, a lot harder. We can compare on the site, you can compare hard hit rates uh, to last year. And that's really the big difference is he's just hitting the ball with, with much more authority than he ever had before. And obviously that's gonna, that's gonna help your stats. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if he, put on a bunch of muscle in the off season or if he's just swinging harder. I mean, sometimes, sometimes guys unlock another level by just swinging a little bit harder and not focusing so much on, on contact and just sort of trusting their bat to ball ability. Uh, but whatever, whatever the case, I mean, Grisham's just had a, a monster year. He's got some speed to go with, uh, this power that he's unlocked this year and he was hitting for power double a. So it's not just all the, the triple a baseball, though, I think we can attribute a lot of his success at AAA to uh, the environment and the ball, but you know, there's still a chance that he's always he's always walked more than 11 percent of the time at every single stop in the minors. So the hope is that he could be a leadoff guy for the Brewers at some point. So that's that's pretty exciting, and he's left-handed. So uh, a lot going for Grisham. I think you can make a case for him to be ranked even higher than I have him, but I'm kind of taking a bit more of a, a cautious approach and just. I kind of want to see just how real this is over the rest of the season. 
Yeah, very interesting. By the way, Kesson Hira, what a run he's been on lately. Um, I'm doing my season-long ranks, and I'm going to have to bump him up again today because his recent pace is out of this world, and I don't think there's any real concerns about him losing out on playing time over the rest of this season. So a lot of reasons to be excited, both about the present and the future of the Brewers. Next up, James, Misael Urbina. And this was a J2 guy from last year, so eligible to be picked up in most leagues um, if he's still available to begin with. Uh, rookie level right now, not a ton of power, but walking more than he's striking out, stealing bags. How excited are you about this guy's hit tool? Uh, very, very excited. And I, it's it's a fun sort of cluster that I have of Urbina at 80, Noel V. Marte at 81, and Aurelvis Martinez at 82. All three of those guys were, were J2 guys from a year ago. And Urbina's the youngest of the three. Or Elvis Martinez is at the more advanced level. He's already in the Gulf Coast League. Uh, I think Noel V. Marte has maybe the highest power speed ceiling of the three. So I really don't think you can go wrong with those three guys. Um, I think Urbina has been the most impressive in terms of his now skills at the plate. But, you know, I don't want to slight the the other two. Um you know, Urbina's got plus speed. He's got sort of that. I, I like betting on guys that are 17, 18, 19, that where like the power is maybe the last thing to come as long as everything else, as long as they're not just uh, a slap hitter. Uh, I do think Urbina eventually develops 20 homer pop to go with that speed, to go with the hit tool. So uh, really exciting prospect. All three of those guys have a chance here over the next uh, five, six weeks to climb into the top 50 heading into next season hard not to be a 20 homer threat at the big league level uh, <laughs> nowadays as long as you're playing regularly and you can put bat to ball with decent consistency um a guy who has a little bit of trouble with you know bat to ball but um he's made improvements in that department this year hitting for a lot of power stealing a few bags isan diaz may be on the verge of his uh, major league debut Apparently they have suitors for Starlin Castro. Either way, I think Castro's out of the way by August 1st, and Diaz is up. So um, what are his, his odds of hitting the ground running at the highest level? You know, this is just a really tough uh, season from Diaz to kind of wrap your head around because he's ba- basically this season is exactly the type of ceiling I envisioned for Diaz back when he was at low A and then he just never even came close to sort of actualizing the the hit tool combined with the power production uh, consistently in games at, at high A and double A and even you know last year at triple at A and so you're, you're a little bit uh, cautious about how much credit you want to give to him and how much credit you want to give to the environment at triple A because Uh, That certainly could be a a decent part of it. But the one thing that does sort of give me a little bit of confidence with him is just the improvements he's made with contact this year compared to his last uh, few seasons where strikeout rate's still over 20%, but uh, at least five or six points lower than uh, at previous stops. So I think he's legitimately improved uh, his ability to make contact, and he's kept his – 
uh, ability to draw walks with that. So, I mean, in, in a Marlins lineup, I don't think there's any reason why if he kind of sort of carries this over, he can't be their, their leadoff or number two hitter at some point next season. Um, the power, the raw power to all fields has kind of always been there. It's just been a matter of him combining that power with uh, a good approach and a good bat to ball skills. And this is the closest he's come since uh, the very, very lowest levels of the minors to actually making it all work together. Very nice. Now, Gilberto Jimenez is next on the list. 19-year-old and fan graphs on their scouting uh, prospect report says 80-grade speed. Is is he a one-trick pony, or is there a lot to like here besides the speed, James? Um, well, he's got good bat-to-ball skills, a uh, chance for a, a pretty solid hit tool. Uh, someone asked me on Twitter if he's going to be kind of like Manny Margot as a prospect. Um, you know, he's faster than Margot was, so that's a mark in his favor but Margot was probably hitting probably hit for more power in the lower levels than we're going to see Jimenez uh, hit for I mean he hits a lot of stuff on the ground Um, but I mean he's he's young enough and I think the hit tool is good enough that that can be something he works on and improves on in the coming years Um, this is a guy who is just I think a very trendy player in in dynasty leagues right now you know switch hitter with 80 grade speed with really impressive performance in the lower levels of the minors and he's a red sox prospect which i think there's always at least like a five percent tax on like red sox Mm -hmm. yankees cubs dodgers prospects so um you know he might not be a bad guy to try to cash out at some point uh either over the rest of this season or in the off season uh, just because he is he is not a finished product, as you said. I mean, maybe he could still make this work as sort of a, an old-school leadoff hitter, but uh, he will need to kind of adjust his, his swing plan a little bit if he wants to ever uh, tap into power. And maybe maybe power just never is, is a part of the game. Maybe he's just always a 5-10 to 10 homer guy with 30-plus steals. But even that, as long as he's hitting for a high average, whether it's at the top of the lineup, bottom of the lineup, that'll still play just given the speed. Nice, and obviously we're not going to have time to touch on all these names, but one last riser on the hitting side that I wanted to ask you about before we move on. Matt Dice, uh, not playing a lot. That's why I'm kind of curious as to why he's uh, a riser. Is it mostly well, because he's here now and you can get some value out of him? Uh, it's, it's mostly because he, the last time I updated his section of the top 400 was about, I don't know, a month ago, and he just went on an absolute tear at AAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then and forced that promotion. I mean, there was a point in like May or, or June where he didn't seem like he was on the cusp of a promo- promotion at all. So uh, he kind of flipped that script. Um, I have faith that if he were to be given uh, pretty regular playing time, he would start to produce. I mean, he's he's a better prospect when he debuted than uh, a guy like David Fletcher and you know he was able to put it together i mean guy that's going to make contact at a high clip draw walks uh i think he's has a chance to be an everyday player on that team uh, for all of next season uh so that's that's kind of the appeal with him he's not a guy that i have super high i think he's just inside the top 200 uh but it's higher than he was uh, the last time i updated it yeah i think this team should be giving him a a long look but it seems like they're Content having him mostly on a bench role right is, now. But. 
I want to ask you, like, I, so I was uh, on the XM show a couple days ago with with John and Jeff, and I I think that there's a case for stashing Joe Adele in uh, deeper uh, redraft leagues, even though he's at Double A. But do you see a way um, that the Angels could get him everyday playing time uh, without an injury to one of their current regulars? <sighs> Well, I, I could, but if I'm, you know, thinking about what they're likely to do, I have a hard time seeing that without an injury. I think, yeah, you can make a strong case that that's the best baseball move, especially when, you know, they're falling out of the hunt. I think they very justified in making that move, but established vets like Cole Calhoun, you know, <laughs> you don't want to rattle the clubhouse. No, no, can't do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, maybe. They can't. They couldn't possibly move Upton, right? They couldn't give him away. Not on that contract. No. So yeah, I'd have I'd have a hard time seeing. But I'm with you that Adele is a lottery ticket type of guy for deep leagues like stake league. I can certainly see that. Um, real quick note before we move on, a word from our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. It's officially July, which means football season is around the corner. And Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball. Let's you get in on the action now. With Best Ball, you draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team each week. The top-scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count towards your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment, no waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make those tough start-or-sit decisions. Focus on the best part of fantasy baseball and fantasy football, uh, the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having the other players drop out early and not finish the draft? Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football but don't want to manage those teams in season? You can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free or for cash, but most importantly, Get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at Yahoo, uh, sorry, sports.yahoo.com slash best ball. Coming soon to the Yahoo Fantasy app. James, some of the followers on the hitting side, obviously Brendan Rodgers now out for the season. Just how far did he fall? Uh, like 15, 15, 18, 20 spots, something like that. I mean, it, it, this is just going to be a nightmare uh, ranking situation. Eddie Almaguer pointed that out on Twitter. I mean, I I know it's maybe in poor taste to be uh, lamenting my own problems with having to rank him while he's uh, missing out on playing and then he's dealing with a surgery and he's hurt and everything, but... Uh, this is just such a tough rank uh, heading into the off season because I was already about as low on Rogers as you could be, and uh, I don't know. I I just wish I didn't have to rank him. I, he'll he'll stay in the top one hundred, but I just I don't. I have no idea what I'm going to settle on in the off season. Yeah, that's tough, and yeah, tough break for Rogers. Didn't really get much of a chance because he had an injury initially. I think it was probably the same issue, right? Uh, that forced him out, and then, um, yeah, now the surgery wiping out his season. Antonio Cabello, why is he falling? Uh, he's just not producing, and you're going to see a lot of the guys like Antonio Cabello, uh, Wander Javier, Everson Pereira, um, you know, Juan P.A., 
I know it it might seem reactionary, but this is this is a time when these guys are supposed to be producing if if they're gonna ascend into like that top one hundred top seventy five type of type of status you just you rarely see guys that are that are headed for you know elite prospect territory uh struggle to this extent in short season ball uh so you know I'm not writing those guys off, but my personal philosophy with players like that is to just churn and burn like i I'm not gonna feel the need to be patient with Antonio Cabello when there are guys with similar tools who are producing in in rookie leagues or short season leagues that are available so it's just uh, my personal philosophy is I'm, I'm not that patient with with lottery tickets that are four years away from the big leagues but uh, if you just don't want to have significant regrets with a guy with his upside I, I get that too but uh, just not gonna not gonna just keep them where they are uh, when they're just that far away and they're not producing yeah, I think that's wise. Churn and burn. I think that's the way to go. I know you don't like really dwelling on the fallers, but any other fallers that you want to maybe highlight? Uh, yeah. So, Jaron Duran, uh, center field prospect in the Red Sox system. He's a guy that I'm I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit for getting sucked into what he did at at low A and high A. Uh, he's turning twenty three and in September and he just it, it completely hit a wall against double a pitching and the speed is the big selling point with him he's still uh, he's already still on 30 bases this year in about 107 games and there's some patience there that, that you could maybe hope that he, he develops into a leadoff hitter for the Red Sox down the road but he's just really fallen flat at double a so he was was a big uh, faller for me and you know he could certainly make some adjustments and and figure this out, but uh, the quality of contact for him is is really what's hurting him at Double A. He he had a, a nice line drive stroke going in the lower levels and uh, has not been able to recapture that against more advanced pitching. I saw somebody on Twitter ask you about Luis Angel Acuna. Uh, Anything going on with him? He's up to one fifty five. Is that a is that a jump up or is that where you had him? And I just didn't realize. That's maybe a – he might have jumped up like 12 spots. I don't know. Um, 157 WRC plus. Sign me up. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a – it's a pretty fun package. I'd love to see him come stateside and see what he does. I hope I hope he gets that chance before the end of the season. Uh, it's really tough to rank, in, you know, when you're doing the off-season rankings, like the guys that have not even come over yet – uh, those are those are really tough guys to rank. Sometimes it really works out, like Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners this year. Uh, sometimes they just crash and burn, and so you'd, you'd like to see him at least get a, a shot in the the Gulf Coast League before the end of, or the the AZL before the end of the season. You were kind enough to list off the entrance into the top 400 on both sides, hitting and pitching. Aaron Bracho, the most notable guy added here, at least slotting in the highest spot. 165 what do you like about Aaron Bracho's skill set uh so he this is his pro debut but he is he didn't sign um I think he, he was a 2017 J2 guy and he uh missed 
the first year of where he would have been playing in the Dominican Summer League, presumably, or maybe even the AZL, uh, missed that whole season with a, an injury, and he's really made up for, for lost time, uh, walking way more than he's striking out. Uh, that's kind of an understatement. I mean, he's, he's almost got a 20% walk rate, but he's also getting to crazy power. He's almost got a 400 ISO in, in 18 games in the AZL. Um, you know, it's it's a tiny sample, but I mean, you got to jump on guys like this uh, now, and you can't really wait to see just how real it is. And when a guy's that young and and they're hitting for that much power with really no contact concerns, I mean, he could he could really continue to climb. Uh, and shouts to uh, Tom Trudeau for for adding him in pretty much every dynasty league I'm in. Very nice. Now on the pitching side, Spencer Howard a riser for you. Um, missed some time recently with a shoulder injury, but um, overall pitching really, really well. Is there something he's done to kind of tap into something, or is this just a kind of natural well, development? It's really just a – I was worried that he was dealing with a serious injury, oh, nice. and okay. now I'm not worried about that anymore. Uh, so I know, moving back up. Right. Like the team – I just don't ever care what a team says about the severity of a guy's arm injury. Like we've seen it just dozens of times where teams slow play a guy's, whether it's an elbow, shoulder, whatever. And then news comes out that it like, they're going to miss 18 months or whatever. So I, I just, from a, a being cautious standpoint, especially since he's just such a hard thrower, uh, would not have been surprised at all if, if he was a, a Tommy John guy or, or if he dealt with a significant shoulder injury. So just it's kind of he's back uh, to where he was uh, prior to the injury. Nice. And now Ethan Hankins was held back at the start of the year, uh, extended spring training. So he only he's logged uh, 25 and two-thirds innings this season. Stellar results, though. Walks maybe a little high, but everything else looks really, really good. Um, Hankins only 19 years old, though, so this would be a – one where you have to exercise quite a bit of patience in dynasty leagues. Yeah, I mean he's got ace upside. It, he's kind of on that short list of guys that actually have that type of uh, realistic frontline upside if he stays healthy, which is a big if. And he's a, a really big kid. He's six six, like at least two hundred pounds. Uh, so I think there there's going to be some growing pains with the command as he moves up the ladder. But uh, eighty grade fastball. Um, some some pretty nice off speed stuff that that plays up off of that fastball. So sky's the limit with him. He just needs to stay healthy. Now Shane McClanahan, unlike Hankins, I'm not, I'm assuming you're not going to say McClanahan has ace upside, but a legitimate number two, three upside for McClanahan. Yeah, he could be a number two. I mean, he's a lefty who throws in the mid-90s. That's a, a pretty good place to start. He, you know, there haven't been really any bumps along the road for him. I mean, he, he maybe walked a few too many guys at low A, but he's got that in check uh, since promotion to high A. And, um, you know, the Rays just continue to pump out awesome pitching prospects. They've got Obviously, Matthew Liebertor and Shane Baz and now McClanahan coming up behind those guys. Um, obviously, McKay at the big league level. I mean, this this system is just so loaded, and there's just countless guys you can get excited about. I'm excited about this guy's name, Tariq Scoobel. <laughs> Love that name. Um, 
I'd imagine he's still behind like Casey Mize, Matt Manning in that organization, but is he far behind those arms? He is for me. And I know that maybe if you just are looking at the stats, uh, you might wonder why that is. Um, but it's it's really I think he he's kind of living off of his fastball right now and the fact that he's a lefty. So when you're a lefty who can uh, sit in the mid nineties, you're and if you can locate, you're just not going to have um, much trouble at all. And so far, that's been the case with him. Um, you know, maybe I'm too low on him. I'm just I'm a little hesitant to fully jump aboard that bandwagon and I'm, I'm sure he's like 80 spots higher on on other lists that are out there uh but i'm just kind of being a little bit more patient you know maybe he could creep inside the top 100 before the end of the year but uh, just want to see a little bit more from him at double a nice well one more piece of business to to power through here fantasydraft.com would like to bring you an important message about rake are you t- tired of paying high fees to play daily fantasy do you know that over time, these fees called rake can cost daily fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll as daily fantasy sites continue to raise rake prize pools are becoming squeezed and more and more making it harder and harder for players like you to win more rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players. But change is coming starting in July Fantasy Draft is changing the game by bringing you rake-free daily fantasy. That's right. Soon you'll be able to play your favorite contest without paying any rake whatsoever. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contest rake-free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free daily fantasy is truly a game-changer. Just imagine... What playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today and be the first to know when the rake-free revolution begins. Use promo code RWMLB, that's promo code RWMLB, to receive a free seven-day trial. Now, James, on the the pitching side, the fallers, Tristan McKenzie, do we have anything from the, the Indians lately? Because it uh, seems like he was just shut down early in the spring and then it's been kind of a uh, hush hush since. Well, we have a note on the site uh, from March 12 that he was shut down for six weeks and with a back issue and he's still shut down. So still not throwing at all uh, from what we know, from what, anyway. from what we know. That's and that's news. just really scary stuff. I mean, I, uh, the guys, I mean, like, scrawny as can be, right? Too. And and uh, you know, kind of one one analog for this is uh, Chris Rodriguez, who uh, is just a, a really high upside pitching prospect in the Angels system. He basically missed all of last year uh, with a back issue, and then through I think he made three starts this year, and then was now he's going to miss I think probably the rest of this year with the recurrence of that back issue. So it's just it's really. I mean, back issues to me with with pitching prospects is if it's a significant uh, back issue, it's right up there with needing Tommy John or, or even a shoulder injury. I mean, it's it's not good. And you know, he obviously had maybe number two, number three starter upside, but it's not like anyone expected Tristan McKenzie to become an ace. And there were already concerns about whether he could hold up under a big league uh, schedule and. I think you have to 
make those concerns even more uh, significant just given how much time he's missed with this back issue and uh, just the fact that I think it was kind of more you were just sort of hoping for a really good number three starter in the first place. I don't think you have to be that patient with McKenzie. I think you can find guys that are probably available in your league that have number three starter upside and are healthy in pitching. Wow, so straight up drop in, in some dynasty leagues. I, w- I wouldn't have a problem uh, doing that. I think most people probably would, but like you're not going to get anything for him in, in a trade yeah, right now. That's uh, true. It, it, it always comes down to who are you dropping him for. But at least in the dynasty leagues I play in, there are plenty of guys I have ranked ahead of him that are available. Now, Adbert Alzale, that's an easy one to understand. He, man, tough go of it for him at the big league level. Really hard for any of these fringier, like non top end starters to, it's hard to feel good about any of these guys. Forget the fringy guys. It's hard to feel good about just like a. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like Brendan McKay. (laughs) Yeah. It's like it's good grief. Yeah, McKay's really good. Yeah. Um, Have any other? I guess has Gallon done all right? I haven't really. I haven't been one league, but I don't really know how he's doing. He's yet. missing bats. I mean, he's just been kind of okay. Um, I'm glad for my own sanity that Griffin Canning came back down to earth because I was so perplexed as to why he was having so much success earlier this year. Um, yeah, I mean, with Gallon, I think the jury's still out. Uh, I just four hundred three FIP. He's doing all right. I just traded uh, Jordan Balazovic and Angel Martinez, who's in the on the Indians Dominican Summer League roster for Gallon in a, in a dynasty league. So I still think he's worth rolling rolling the dice on. I mean, he had success in the PCL, which is an even tougher hitting environment than than the big leagues right now. So. Uh, or an even tougher pitching environment, I should say. So, I mean, I, I still have hope that Gallon can can be solid and a guy that we look at in kind of the mid-rounds of drafts next year. But, yeah, Alzale, I mean, he just had those awesome four starts, I think, at AAA uh, that really turned a lot of heads and then uh, kind of came crashing back down to earth. So Yeah, it's just so hard for any pitcher to have sustained success in this environment. Mm-hmm. Really, really tough. Uh, John Duplantier, kind of in a similar boat. He was all right, though. More so injuries bumping him down. Yeah, I just I don't I don't uh, have any faith in him staying healthy for a full big league season. Why is JB Bukowskis falling? He's just been really inconsistent and middling all season, and he's still a double A, and the command has just not been there. So. While we're on the topic of this team, though, there was another – was it Tyler Ivey in this organization? Yeah. Because I tried to add him in RDI, a $0 bid. Um, tiebreaker went to another owner, so I was oh, a little, no. little bummed about, about that. But uh, Ivey's – has he leaped Bukowskis for you? Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's between Ivey and Urquidy for who you want to say is the – Second best pitching prospect in that system right now. Urquidy um, got a rude, rude awakening to the big league level. Yeah, I'm well, not. I think he's going to get another chance this week. I'm not as, you know, it, obviously the surface, the like earned runs and stuff weren't great for him. But I, I'm not ready to necessarily say that he's like to me. He's kind of a hold in dynasty leagues. I, I'm not dropping him yet. 
Um, Ivy, I just love to see him, you know, get going here. I mean, he missed, uh, about like six weeks or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, from like May to, to July. And, uh, he's got, you know, chance for plus fastball and two plus breaking balls. So, uh, I think he's got sneaky, uh, sneaky high upside. Uh, but the Astros also have been very, uh, careful with how many innings they let him throw which i think kind of um makes all of the stats for their pitching prospects look a little better than the pitchers actually are because they're only going four or five innings per start so you gotta keep that in mind with the the astros pitching prospects but ivy's my favorite of those guys at like high a double a um that all have pretty nice strikeout to walk ratios Nice. I'm hoping we do see Arquiti. We have him tentatively penciled into this projected starters grid for Saturday. They sent uh, Framber Valdez down. So hopefully Arquiti comes back. I know, you know, the first start against the the Rockies in Coors, that's a tough assignment. Not really putting much stock into the results from his first two big league starts. But anybody else you want to mention, James, before we move on to the final portion of the show? Uh, I do just want to say, so I in this uh, the article that's going to go up on the site, um, you can find these just on the top 400, the, the first year player draft rankings. If you click on uh, year signed and you click on 2019, uh, but I included the top, the like sort of updated top 50 first year player draft rankings in the article, just in case you're lazy or don't want to go to the, the trouble of finding it that way. And I do want to just mention, I, I have moved Andrew Vaughn ahead of Adley Rutschman. Uh, it was Rutschman Vaughn back to back. And uh, Rutschman has not been able to play due to an illness, but you know they were back to back. It was basically one A and one B, and Andrew Vaughn has done Andrew Vaughn things while Rutschman has not been playing, mm-hmm. and so I think it's just kind of illogical to keep Rutschman ahead <laughs> of Vaughn, yeah. even though I think I think Rutschman's going to be awesome too. It's just that Vaughn's been so good that it's like, well, you know. I, that's a that's a tiebreaker if ever there was one. So it's not sure. it's not that I'm lower on Rutschman than I was. It's just that, you know, Vaughn's already at low A and Rutschman hasn't played in the game yet. So Yeah, not like a, a knock on Rutschman, but I saw something the other day that Juan Soto's like what, like a year and a half younger than uh, Adley Rutschman. Just crazy how good uh, Juan Soto is already. But um that'll do it for the prospect portion of the show. We are gonna talk our latest entries into the list of commercial hip-hop songs that we still get down with today. And James, mine's uh, mine was very much a commercial jam. Nice. You can still hear this beat occasionally just on, you know, interludes, <laughs> uh, going to commercial sometime on you know, ESPN or something. Trick Daddy, I'm a thug. <laughs> now, I said I was the biggest white Beanie Siegel fan in the greater Midwest. I, I don't think there's any doubt that I was the biggest Trick Daddy fan. Uh, my AIM username, America Online, Instant Messenger, uh, Link Daddy Dollars is a direct playoff Trick Daddy Dollars. Nice. Uh, Trick Love the Kids, and <laughs> I love this song, man. I, I still have vivid memories of uh, playing like PS2, Madden, listening to this song. Um Really good one. The beat's very catchy, and you know, Trick uh, Thug dot com. I think he's pretty underrated. What? Uh, so, two of my favorite things about Trick Daddy. One, uh, his name. I think 
Trick Daddy, oh, yeah. just one of the one of the coolest hip hop artist names ever. Nan was another good song too. What uh, and also I loved his album titles. Yeah, like they were all just so Thug Holiday, so so corny and so like uh, <laughs> like Thug Thug had to be in, involved, yeah. and it was just like, what? How are we gonna spin this one? And some really good ones. I'm gonna look up, up his discography while you uh, <laughs> mention yours. Okay, so mine is uh I had to do I had to do at least one uh DMX song because I'm a I'm a huge fan of DMX, uh, especially uh his first 3 albums. Uh but the one I'm going to go with is probably his his most uh popular song, uh Rough Riders Anthem. Um, Great one. Great I think one. that that one it's still uh <laughs> it still bangs. I mean, you can, I love the, I, I don't know if there's ever been more, um, motorcycle and like dirt bike, uh, street racing in one music video than in the, <laughs> than in the Rough Riders Anthem video. Uh, this was kind of his sort of coming out party song, you know mm-hmm. I mean? This put him on the map and. Which album was this one off? Was it off of uh, dark and Hell's yeah. hot? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I remember and, having that one, and it put uh, put the Rough Riders on the map yeah. too. I I bought both uh, Rough Riders Volume One and Rough Riders Volume Two. I don't think I think I maybe jumped off of buying those albums by by Volume Three, but uh, have I bought more DMX albums than I probably should have. I was still buying them when like Grand Champ was released, so uh, probably should have probably should have bailed before that, but. I mean, peak DMX. He had he had kind of like an eighteen month run there, where I mean, he was one of the most popular hip hop artists around. So, yeah, that's a good entry. You know, I think Drag On was kind of tight for a while too. I know he had that infamous like two and a half mics from the source, and that kind of just buried <laughs> him forever. Uh, but yeah, Trick Daddy's discography here, based on a true story. After he got that one out of the way, he got with the program. <laughs> www.thug.com. Uh-huh. Book of Thugs, chapter AK, verse 47. Thugs are us, of course. Thug Holiday. Thug Matrimony, Married to the Streets. Mm-hmm. Back by Thug Demand. I don't really understand that, that play on words. <laughs> uh, finally Famous, Born a Thug, Still a Thug. Never heard that that last one. <laughs> Uh, so hope hope Trick Daddy's doing all right. Uh, last I saw, he was not really doing too great, but hopefully he's gotten things on track. Uh, thanks for the memories, T Double D. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you all for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. <laughs>
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.